I'd like to start off with today's quote. So today's quote that will keep us till next week, and I don't know who said this, but I like this. Life is like a camera. Focus on what is important. Capture the good times. Develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, take another shot. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Landry Evangelist United Way, and our brand-new sponsor, United Healthcare Community Plan. Without their financial donations, these calls and the reminder calls that we give out every Wednesday would not be possible. I'd like to give us just a few minutes, and it is it's 10.05. We set the May agenda as family health because it's about to be summertime, and in the summertime a whole lot of things happen. But one of the things that I've noticed that happened is an increase in the deaths of young children. So whether it's from being left unattended in the car or not having a safe sleep space or drowning in the neighborhood pool, pond, or ditch, I find that in the summertime when kids have more free time, they tend to get into a little bit more um, trouble not just kids, but then families too. And so May has been dedicated to family health. And so today's guest speakers are just a continuation of that topic. Today we have our first guest speaker, Deborah Feller, is a, a registered nurse, and she works with the Bureau of Family Health as the Maternal and Child Health Coordinator for Region 4, which covers seven parishes, including our own St. Landry. She works to reduce childhood death through data surveillance and monitoring and partnering with community agencies on education and prevention measures. She is here today to talk with us about sudden unexpected infant death and what you can do to help prevent infant death in your community. Ms. Deborah, the floor is yours. You may, and I think you're off mute. Yes, I, I, y'all can hear me okay? Yes, ma'am, we can. Oh, okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Brooks. I, I appreciate you giving me the time to speak to the group, and I'm going to try to make this 20 minutes or less so that way I don't take up all the time. Um, there is a lot to say about this um, the, um, sudden unexpected infant death, but I'm going to try to wrap it up. But if you do want a longer presentation, I can provide one. Just contact me, and I will give um, Dr. Brooks my email to send out to y'all. Okay, so just so we know, I want to talk a little bit about data. I know that we got some people from all across the United States here, props to the Michigan folks. Um, but um, a sudden unexpected infant death is the number one leading cause of death in infants between zero and one years old in Louisiana. About 98 deaths per year um, in our state are from sleep-related deaths. Of those deaths, about 59, 59 of them are from African-American or black um, babies, and 35 are white, and four are other races. 88% uh, of those babies died between the ages of zero and five months old. And what we know is many of these babies were very healthy babies that should have made it to their first birthday. So what is the sleep-related death, and what is sudden unexpected infant death? Um, it is commonly understood or people know the terms like SIDS or crib death, but these terms can be extremely misleading because it makes it seem like the death was not preventable. Because if we know sudden infant death syndrome is something that happens to an infant that, that was 
undetermined, and we don't know why. But what we do know is these deaths are sudden and are unexpected. They do happen to seemingly healthy babies like SIDS, um, but through a review process that includes like an examination or investigation of the home um, or the place of death, an autopsy, and a review of the medical history um, of the infant, what we've learned is that unexpected does not mean unpreventable. That targeting certain factors can reduce the infant's risk of sudden unexpected infant death syndrome. So what are some of these risk factors? Um, sleeping on the stomach, loose, soft items and blankets and cords and drapes around or in the um, infant's uh, bed. Um, not sleeping in a crib or bassinet or sleeping with other people. Um, the safest place for a baby to sleep is in a bassinet or a crib. Um, an infant is at higher risk for death when they sleep in places that are designated for routine sleep, such as like a car seat or a swing or a bouncy seat. Um, sleeping with other people increases the risk, fact of, risk factor of sudden unexpected infant death, especially when they're sleeping on like sofas, recliners, or places that are not designated for safe sleep for an infant. And then taking in consideration um, impairment. So if you're on any kind of prescription or are, you've been drinking, um, it greatly increases the chances of sudden unexpected infant death in, in an infant. And what we know is that the impact of this tragedy um, of sudden unexpected infant death doesn't just affect the parents, it affects the grandparents, it affects the neighbors, it affects the care friends, it affects the caregivers, and a, and a wide variety of backgrounds and ages. And this includes not just parents, um, first-time parents, this includes experienced parents, and what we also know is that most moms that lost their babies to sleep-related death were about 24 years old. We know they love their babies. We know that they didn't know this, they didn't think this was gonna happen, and they didn't deliberately put their baby in a position for a sleep-related death. It wasn't intentional. And so I like to say this quote because I think it really hits the source of the problem, and it, it just it just sticks with me. It's contrary to popular, and the quote is, contrary to popular wisdom, knowledge is not power, it is potential power. Knowledge is not mastery. Execution is mastery. Execution will trump knowledge every day of the week. Tony Robbins. What we know about the unexpected, um, unexpected, sudden unexpected infant death is that most parents are educated and they know the recommendation. So what I always like to do is ask everybody, why do we think this is happening? Why do we see such numbers in, in these deaths? And I always... You know, I usually like discussion, but for the sake of time, I, I just, I, would, I want you all to think about a time when you were overwhelmed or you're exhausted, um, didn't have a lot of sleep, just been pushing it really hard, taking on a lot. Did you ever make a questionable choice? Did you ever do anything risky? Maybe you were tired and you just, it seemed like your only option. Perhaps you got in your car and you drove home and you were exhausted and when you got home, you're like, wow, I don't even remember that drive. Perhaps you made a decision that you later regretted. Being a parent of an infant is exhausting. It's overwhelming. Parents of infants make decisions when they're overwhelmed, when they have a fussy baby that they just can't seem to get to sleep, and they've been all, they're getting little sleep, you know? So how do we realistically help these parents execute the ABCs of sleep? How do we help them? We help provide these parents with alternatives 
to the rim. And this is a huge hurdle to jump. But we can be coaches. We can share tools. We can share data with these families. We can make connections with community services that might be able to provide support for these families. We can help encourage mothers to ask for help. But that doesn't mean that they're a bad mom, that they can't handle it, that they're not good enough. It's okay. We all need help sometimes. And we can encourage fathers to be involved more. Um, some barriers, some things that I find that I come across a lot when it comes to unexpected safe sleep is things like, well, my mama put us on our stomachs to sleep and we're all fine. I mean, that's all good. And, you know, to that, to that comment, I usually, you know, talk about some of the data. In Louisiana, over half our babies died from sleep-related causes were not sleeping on their backs. And that when doctors started recommending babies to sleep on, our back, on their backs, there was a 50% decrease in death in infants. That is twice as many babies alive today because they're sleeping on their backs. Another barrier, another hurdle that I come across a lot is, well, I put my baby to sleep on its belly because it sleeps better. The baby sleeps a lot sounder, and I can actually get some sleep too. But what we know is that it's important for a baby to have – there's an innate survival with a baby being um, on their back to wake up. And when a baby's sleeping too sound, sometimes they're not able to wake up if they're not breathing well. So, and then another thing I often hear is, and this is really common, and um, I can actually link a resource to a video that you can watch on this particular um, um, hurdle, is the fear of aspiration, which is choking um, if, if some spit up comes up. And so a lot of parents will tell me, or I've heard, um, I put my baby on their side or stomach because she sits up, and I, I don't want her choking or aspirating on um, any of the sit-ups. And they use objects like bed positioners, and um, they use side sleeping. And, you know, honestly, babies are actually more equipped to deal with sitting up than adults. So just because the recommendations are to put an adult on their side if they're throwing up or sitting up to protect their airway does not mean that that's the best recommendation for an infant. Actually, if you look at the anatomy of a baby, the trachea tube, which leads to the lungs, is on the top of the esophagus, which leads to the um, stomach when a baby is back sleeping. So when, if a baby regurgitates, the gravity is going to pull it down into the esophagus than the trachea. So it's actually more protective for a baby to be on their back than on their stomach, which would be the opposite. Um, um, and then, you know, leaving the stomach time for playtime because it's important for a baby to be on their stomach um, for those playtimes, tummy times, and making sure that you're supervising those tummy times um, so that if, it, if the infant falls asleep while they're on their tummy, you can, you know, switch them over to the, their back if they need to be. Um, so, and I, I like to say this because a lot of people get confused on this. Um, at about four to six months, infants start rolling over, and, and that's completely normal. And, and the recommendation is if you put a baby down to sleep and they're able to roll over on their back, the Academy of Pediatrics says it's okay to let them roll over. So once they've learned to roll back and forth, it is fine. Um, and a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of 
a lot of parents will tell me, well, they sleep better on their on their backs or whatever. But four to five babies, which is about 80%, um, die from sleep-related deaths were somewhere other than their crib or bassinet. So, like, they're either sleeping in a car or a swing or other furniture not made for routine swing. I've seen a lot of parents um, positioning babies in, in boppy pillows, and they'll sink down in a boppy pillow. Um, these things are not made to hold the baby's head in a safe position. So then the baby's head can fall forward and it can constrict the airway um, if they're left that way for too long. Um, and then if you're in a car seat and you're in a car and you're traveling really far, you know, or it's a long distance, just make sure that you're constantly, you know, checking on the infant within a reasonable amount of time to make sure their, their, their necks aren't falling into a position of, um, you can use mirrors and, and different, you know, take, take a potty break, stop, get the baby out for a little while or check on them or have someone sitting in the back seat so they can monitor the baby. Um, and I see a lot of infant deaths when parents are holding babies in recliners um, and they fall asleep with their infant. And so just keeping in mind that if you're, you're holding your baby and you're starting to feel tired and you, you think you're going to fall asleep, you know, put the baby in a crib, put the baby down, you know, give yourself a chance to, to get some sleep and, and let the baby sleep in a safe place. Um, so, you know, uh, a lot of moms want to sleep next to their baby, and that's actually highly recommended that a baby sleep in the same room as a parent. Um, but three out of five uh, Louisiana babies died from sleep-related deaths that were sleeping with other people. So having a baby nearby is good. Um, it is actually AAP recommended. But keeping in mind, having that baby in a bassinet or crib within the room next to you is preferred. Um, and it makes it easier when they're in the same room for the mom to breastfeed. Um, it's important that you take in consideration the temperature of the room because like um, Dr. Chandra Brooks was saying, um, in the summertime we do see, you know, sometimes an influx in these infant deaths and it's from overheating. And so keeping in mind don't overdress or underdress in case you have um, your air conditioner really uh, cool in your house, um, an infant. Um, and making sure the home is free of smoke, um, that definitely increases the chances of uh, sudden unexpected infant deaths. And, and breastfeeding if you can, because that um, helps increase the benefits of, uh, lowers the risk of infant death. And, and also, um, you know, and the guidelines are, you know, if the AAP guidelines say that it is best to put a baby um, nearby in the same room for safe please, but if the mom stays, she's breastfeeding, that she's going to fall asleep, it is recommended that she removes all pillows, all comforters, or anything that could, you know, soft items around her um, if she's breastfeeding. And um, as soon as she wakes up, to put the baby in a safe place to sleep. And then always keep in mind if you've been, if you're taking any medication to help you sleep, um, if you're like, even like Tylenol PM, or, you know, if you're drinking, that that is, um, increases the risk of SIDS tremendously. So it is um, not safe to even be in the same place as you. And uh, one of the other things that I hear a lot is that, you know, an empty crib looks so cold and that um, the baby seems so alone. Um, you know, they put a lot of blankets in the cribs and stuff, you know, and it, it just increases the risk tremendously. You know, there's no, no, no blankets, no, no bumpers, no stuffed animals. Um, save the toys and blankets for wake time 
And that, you know, if you're worried about your infant being cold, a wearable blanket like a, uh, one of those rats or uh, onesies is safe to use while the baby is sleeping. And also understand that the baby's not alone. They, they don't, you know, they're okay. They don't know. And so what I'd like to just wrap up, because I don't want to take too much time from the call, is we, you know, in 2020, and I don't, I don't have the complete data, but for our region, I just want to throw this out there, you know, how important it is to me and how important it should be to all of you. We had over 20 sudden infant unexpected deaths. That's in region, that's in seven parishes. We had 20 infants die of sudden unexpected infant death. And, and none of those were SIDS-related deaths. Every one of those babies, the death could have been prevented. If simple changes would have been made, if the parents would have just made, or the family members or whoever was watching the infant at the time, would have made one better decision. Um, and so this is why it's so passionate for me to get it out there because I find a lot of these deaths aren't because they don't have the tools to provide a safe sleep. A lot of times in the, in the investigation, there are cribs in the home. It has to do with other factors such as being exhausted, just trying to get, you know, from one to the next and, and just they made an error and, and made a bad judgment. And so really emphasizing on that community support, uh, father engagement, um, really, you know, being there, uh, if you're a grandparent, offering to help during the day if you can, coming, helping, cook dinner, just being supportive of these new moms and even existing moms. Because I tell you what, if you have more than one kid, it is challenging, not just for a new mom, but challenging taking care of multiple kids is rough. And so just being there for a family and being supportive, it takes a village. And I know as a village, we can do something to change these numbers. And so um, I'm going to leave you with that. If you have any questions, you can reach out. If you all want me to um, do a um, PowerPoint presentation for any groups, please contact me. I would love to. Um, thank you so much for giving me the time to speak to you all today. Thank you, Ms. Deborah. I appreciate you taking you taking the time out to come and share. I hear the passion in your voice, which is always great for folks, especially in positions like yours, where it's such an intimate position. And um, I know for the callers on the line, and, and I didn't tell y'all, but unlike the call, me and Ms. Deborah and our next presenter were all on a call together a few minutes ago. Uh, this call is uh, is just. Um, all of our, com uh, not our community partners, this, is, this call is just the general public. So anyone is welcome to call into this call. And so I know a couple of weeks ago we had a similar presentation, but I wanted Ms. Uh, Deborah to come back, especially since school is about to let out. We're about to have a whole bunch of kids at home. Um, it's, we just had spring. I saw a whole bunch of baby showers. So there will soon be new babies coming home. And while a lot of us on the line don't, won't have new babies in the home, we will have grandchildren and we will have access to folks who have babies. Unfortunately, death has not finished with my family yet. And my second cousin uh, <laughs> last Wednesday, so Wednesdays are not going to be good for this family, lost her two-month-old baby. Um, and right now, the, I don't know how she lost the baby. Right now, I'm saying Sid because I don't know the details because that's not a conversation that I can have with my cousin, not right now and probably not ever until she's ready to tell me. But 
she lost her two-month-old baby. Um, and that is a pain I can't even begin to imagine. So I, I wanted Deborah to come on to talk about making sure that we advocate for safe sleep spaces for all the children that we come into contact with. I'm in a bunch of mom groups where they talk about this co-sleeping. Co-sleeping is fine if your kid is 10 years old, if your kid is 5 years old. But when you have these babies, and I'm going to go with 0 to 2, Deborah will correct me, but from 0 to 2 years old, those babies need their own safe sleep space, whether that's a box on the side of the bed so that your baby is right there next to you. I've seen parents put their babies in a drawer, but they need somewhere where they can be insulated from us bigger people, from the adults. Right here in this little community where I live, couple of, when I first moved here, a new mom fell asleep with the baby in the bed, rolled over on the baby because, like Deborah said, new moms are exhausted. Old moms are exhausted, but new moms with a new baby are really exhausted. And poor mom was just way more tired than she anticipated. And in her sleep, she rolled over on her baby and killed her baby. So imagine the trauma trying to deal with that. Are there any, first I want to thank Deborah from the Office of Public Health for joining us today. Are there any questions for Deborah? You will need to dial star six. To unmute yourself. And I'd like to add that to um, Chandra Brooks. Um, there is a really, really great video that shows rebreathing, uh, how um, an infant can rebreathe and, and asphyxiate themselves on cribs for kids. And there is cribsforkids.com. And also, we have tons of great resources on giveyourbabyspace.org. Um, information, handouts, videos, all sorts of stuff if you need more information. And what I'll do, Deborah, is I will – unfortunately, I'm not in a position to write right now. What I'll do is I'll email you afterwards, and I'll get a few of those resources, and then I'll house them over on our Family Strong Foundation Facebook page. And we also have a wiki where we put PDFs and stuff for dissemination. So I'll make sure that I get with you so that I can make sure that I share that information so that our callers – are armed with as much information as humanly possible to keep everyone safe, but especially our these little precious babies because, once again, I know my pain. I can't imagine what my little cousin is going through right now. Thank, yeah. thank you for, uh, Dr. Shonda, thank you. That was uh, my question I was going to ask, if she could send the video to us and the um, links to the uh, in resources. Uh, thank you so very much. I definitely thank you. And also, I wanted to just say that um, if you know somebody who is unable to provide a safe sleep for their uh, safe sleep for them, contact the Office of Public Health because there are nine of us across the state that are equipped with either community partners that can provide them with a pack and play or we may have them ourselves to get them a pack and play or safe sleep. I know in our region alone, I, don't, I was able to work with the family tree to get each birthing hospital 10 pack and plays to provide with families that are notably in need. So we do try to make sure that we, we get the message out and we get, we get the, the needs to the families 
that that may not be able to uh, get that uh, pack and play or a safe sleep uh, mm-hmm. place for the baby. Thank you so much. And your number, well, it ain't in the chat. Okay, how to to reach you? We could reach you by Dr. Shonda. Yeah, uh, you can, and and also my you can. I'm gonna e- give her my information so she can disseminate that information. Um, if you're within the, my region, which is the, the seven parishes, um, you can contact me. Um, or if it's in other parishes, you can contact me, and I'll direct you to who you need to get a hold of. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Are there any other questions or comments for Deborah? Hello. Thank you very much, Deborah. Oh, yes, I sure can. I'm I'm sorry. This is Madeline. I just want to say she did an awesome job, and thank you so much for sharing that information. Definitely need to connect with you on behalf of uh, CASA. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. On, and I hope that's not me creating an echo. I'm over here with too many devices. Okay. Thank you, Deborah, for join, for sharing that with us. Folks, the, the information, so I, I'm looking at the callers, and I know who's on the line, and I know some of you are saying, this, has, this is not relevant to me. If you know Hello. of a person, yes. Hello? I just wanted to say this is Anita Johnson. Um, with the Divine Delight Specialty Suites. I just wanted to say she was so informative, and I like the fact that she's stating that there are other people in the state that are also working with this. I got a lot of pertinent information that I can give to my area pastors because I work fluently with them to get this information out. Um, I know a lot of people might not even know that it exists, and I I just want to congratulate you because um, your tone is so entertaining and makes you want to listen and learn more. So thanks, Dr. Brooks. I really appreciate everything she has to say. She, she did a great job. When I heard her on another call, I, uh, I, I I jumped in the chat, and I was like, can we get you to join us? So I'm constantly trying to make connections to bring us all the information that we can have because knowledge really is power. And it's just, this is something, like she said, 20 deaths, that 20 babies that could be here today had parents made better choices. But you only can make the choices based on your knowledge base. That's why I bring you guys, all of these speakers, and sometimes you think, this doesn't have anything to do with me. And then you'll call me a month later and say, do you know this happened? Because that's how it works. So take the information, put it in a file folder, and as you come across people who are in these situations, please share the information with them. And don't forget, everyone is welcome to join us on this call.